Welcome back to the In Our Network podcast, where I sit down with women that are behind your favorite brands and businesses. I'm your host, Kyla Kablin, and today I'm so excited to be joined by Ali Courtnall. Ali is a former two-sport college athlete at UCLA, where she played soccer and track and field. She's now dedicated her time to being a full-time model, shooting for companies like Lululemon, Nike, and H&M. Most recently, Ali shot with Sports Illustrated, being the brand's newest face of the magazine. Aside from her modeling career, Ali is dedicated to continuing the conversation around mental health, which we touch on during this conversation. She is quite literally doing it all, and I'm so excited to be sharing her story. As always, I'll be leaving all of her links in the show notes, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Allie. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. At the beginning of every episode, I always like to ask what you're most looking forward to this week. This week, I am most looking forward to honestly just having some quality time with friends. And my fiance comes back from training in Minnesota. So just you know, enjoying the last bit of quality time we have before season starts back up and things get kind of crazy all over again. Yeah, no, totally. And I feel like the past few weeks for you have been so crazy. So you deserve (laughs) the rest. (laughs) Very crazy. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that I obviously want to dive into and to chat with you about, but I'd love if you could just give, you know, an intro of yourself, your background and ultimately how you got started in your career. All right. Well, hi, you guys. I'm Allie Cortnall. Um, I guess where I would start is I am a dual citizen. I'm Canadian and American, and I grew up in, mainly in British Columbia, Vancouver, Victoria, before I ended up back in the States for sports in high school and college. Um, I grew up in a really athletic family, so sports are near and dear to my heart. And I've always, I feel like I've been an athlete since as long as I can remember. And I played soccer and I ran track. That's what I went to UCLA for. I was the only two sport athlete there all four years. And um, now I am into modeling and super passionate about mental health. My family, we had a charity growing up called the Celebrity Courtnell Classic, and we raised money for a mental health institute named after my grandfather. So I'm trying to continue that and continue raising awareness about mental health and normalizing that conversation. It's something I'm really passionate about. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. And I mean, kudos to everything that you've done. I definitely want to get into it a little bit more, but I wanted to say that it's such a small world because I'm in Vancouver right now. I grew up in Victoria. Yes. Such a small world. I miss living in BC so much. It was literally such an amazing childhood. I'm so happy that my parents wanted me to grow up where my dad grew up. I mean, the, my childhood memories, there's just it's just like unlike anything I've, I've ever heard of from anybody else. I feel like you spend so much time outside. Yeah. People don't understand how beautiful BC is. Like it, it's one of the best places. I tell everyone who's never been, please go to British Columbia. So beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I know you like drive one way. It's the water. I was living in 
Toronto like a few years ago and it's just like you have no like ocean beside you like it's it's completely surreal like and it's it's crazy too because every time I go back home and I you know I meet up with like my childhood best friends it's it's you kind of pick up where you left off it's and everyone's still kind of hanging out with the same people almost like there's new there's new people that I haven't met before but like that core friend group is really still connected. So it's kind of crazy going back and, you know, I'm like, man, like, I wonder what my life would have been like if I stayed here. Like if I didn't, you know, you always have those questions always just naturally run through your head. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in a way it's a little bit bittersweet, but I mean, you definitely touched on, you know, your family a little bit and coming from a family of athletes and overall like public figures, how did that shape your upbringing? I think Uh, For me, I put a lot of pressure on myself because you come from a family where everyone is really successful in whatever fields they're in. And since I can remember, I've always been the person that just like, you know, wants to be the best at everything. And I feel like that's kind of a product of the environment I was raised into. And, you know, there's, there's positives and negatives to that because you just kind of like put all this pressure on yourself and you're always trying to like strive for the next thing. And not always being fully present in what is happening. So I feel like that might've been more so a negative, but I feel like the positives that came from it is that I was just always so determined as a kid because I had so many amazing people around me to look up to. And I was, you know, and just like pushed me to be better. And I don't know, it was, it was a cool experience. Like just even seeing my dad play sports and my love of sports grew so much, but I, think it was just because he was such a big role model to me too. And I, I wanted to like wear the Canadian Jersey that he wore and I wanted to play multiple sports. And like my mom played, uh, she ran track, even though she was like a dancer and actress and all that she had sports too. So I feel like I kind of brought in everybody's like passions and things together and kind of formed my own path, which was cool. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure though that came with it <laughs> a lot, but it was, it was great. I mean, not, I think it was more me putting like that pressure on myself versus my parents, but you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that was actually my second question, which is, you know, I think it just comes hand in hand with, you know, your upbringing and just having that sort of pressure. Did you ever feel like, cause you know, you are a mental health advocate and with being an athlete does come like a mental health component. So, you know, playing a professional sport, I mean, I'm probably like the least athletic person, Um, but I mean, I can imagine that it does take a toll on somebody's like physical and mental health. So what was that like for you playing a competitive sport in college and just the mental health aspect of everything? I think as athletes, like we, we tend to put a lot of our self-worth based off of like our accolades and like, you know, and also the affirmations from coaches and like teammates and, you know, people who are watching and all that. And I think that mental health, like if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not under, and you're not, I guess, like telling yourself like your worth isn't based off of anything other than like how you feel like about yourself. Like it doesn't matter what other people are saying to you. Like you can kind of go down this like rabbit hole of like, I'm not good enough. Like I didn't get this praise that I needed to get. And I think for me, for the longest time, I was allowing other people to like give me Mm -hmm. my own happiness. And I should have been giving that to myself the whole time. But as an athlete, like if a coach isn't saying like, oh, good job, or you had a great game, like you don't feel good about yourself. 
but like, really we should find that within ourselves and we don't, we shouldn't need anyone to tell us that we're good enough or we had a good game or we had a good bad game. But I think as an athlete, that's really hard. So it took me a while, especially after I stopped playing sports and I wasn't getting that constant feedback from like a coach or a teammate or whatever. I was like, okay, where do I find this happiness? And like, where am I going to get it from? And I realized I needed to get it from myself rather than from other people. Right. And I think it's almost like if you're not doing as much, you feel like you're not good enough or you're not like almost like worthy if you're not, you know, training every day or doing X, Y, and Z every single day. Yeah, that, that was really hard. I actually had a conversation with someone who was a former athlete as well. Like you, it's taken me years to get to a place now where I'm okay with not like working out every day or working out twice a day or like doing crazy workouts where I'm like bent over, like wanting to throw up or like be really exhausted. And I've finally started doing stuff that just makes my body feel good. And I, mm-hmm. and I do less of it and my body feels better. And it's just like, it's such a weird concept. Cause I feel like I was almost brainwashed to think that I needed to do two workouts a day. And I needed to work out multiple hours a day, especially playing two sports. Cause sometimes I had two practices in a day. So going from that to like being in the real world and not playing sports, I was like in the gym twice a day and doing all this stuff. And my parent, my mom all the time would be like, what are you training for? Like, what are you training for? Like what's happening? And I'm like, I I just, that's what I thought I needed to feel good. And finally, like years later, I found like a routine and an activity that I like to do. I do Pilates now. And it's just like, it's way better for my body. And I just overall feel better and I have way more energy. And I didn't realize how much I was putting my body through even playing sports, even right after playing sports. It's, it's, it's a really hard transition. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm so curious too. I mean, you obviously would know, but in terms of like coming into college and starting, you know, that career and playing sports, is there mental health like therapists or is there anybody that's like throughout that four years guiding you? And if there isn't like, is that something that you'd like to see? So when I was in college, there were like counselors and people that you could see. Um, I personally didn't see them. I did have teammates who went and the majority of their stories were not positive. And I, and I don't know why, and I can't speak on their behalf. But mm-hmm. I definitely don't think that mental health was a priority and it definitely should have been because, you know, you go through a lot in those four or five years that you're there and, there's a lot thrown at you. You're suddenly having to like be an adult in a sense, like going from like your parents' household to being on your own. And you're balancing this full-time job of playing a sport, but also trying to balance school, let alone like your social life. There's just so many things. And I think that we should, we've had all these meetings for like nutrition and, you know, and how to be a successful athlete and how to be successful after college. But we didn't have any meetings that where we sat down and people were like, all right, how do we get you guys to a, a strong mental place as well as physical? I feel like people often think that being your healthiest self is just purely based off of physically how you feel. But I truly believe that if, even if you're in the best shape ever and your mind's not there, you're not going to perform. You're not going to be in a good place. You're not going to allow yourself to enjoy all the good things in life. And so I just wish that that was more 
of a priority. And I think that now it's being talked about more, which is great um, because so many people are now openly talking about their struggles. Right. I don't know if people necessarily thought that they had mental health issues, like especially if it wasn't talked about in their households growing up. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think it's so it's another level for somebody to really address that they have, you know, not issues, but that they need to embark on this like personal journey of mental health. Yeah. What would you say are like the positives and negatives of competing professionally? Positives, I would say, are just like the, the, you know, the built in family that you get. Like, it's just like, unlike anything I've experienced, it's just having people that are going through something that you're going through and like mentally, physically, all of that, like that was really cool. Obviously for me, I'm, I'm a competitor at heart. So just like stepping out onto a field and a nighttime game with like people watching you and fans, like there it's the energy, like I being a professional athlete, there's just this energy that is incredible. And you feed off of that negatives. I would definitely say are just, you know, that there's a lot of comparison, especially when you're on a team and you're, there's only one spot for that one position on a field. And I think it can be hard to lose confidence. And it's, and like I said before, a lot of that confidence comes from that praise and affirmation from other people rather than yourself. So I feel like you become reliant on others' opinions of you and things like that, rather than how you view yourself. And I think that that is definitely a negative in sports, but I definitely think the family and just the energy and all that outweighs the negatives. And I think too, when you just mentioned it too, of like how sports is very much an area where you are competitive and you are being compared to other people. And it's kind of the same with modeling and the modeling industry. So what was that like for you transitioning from athlete to model? The transition was hard because it it went from being based off of like my performance and just like what I was, you know, putting out on a field to just purely superficial traits especially I mean it's it's definitely changing I I have been in castings and meetings where clients are now starting to ask about you as a person like when I shot with Sports Illustrated it's really about like who you are what your message is about mm-hmm. and like what you can offer the world and like how you want to have an impact and that's really refreshing because that wasn't my experience when I first got into modeling it was like all right front side back take photos what's your height what's your measurements okay see you later and I'm like okay like they literally know nothing about me besides what my measurements are and how I photograph right and I think that was a really hard thing for me to grasp because I took stuff more personally than I should have because I'm you know in life in general you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea like not everyone's you know, I think that's why there's a person out there for everyone because beauty is defined differently for everybody. And I think sometimes you just take it to heart because you, you want every client to like you, but sometimes you're just not what they're looking for. But sometimes the way it's communicated isn't exactly the healthiest. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people have been told to lose weight. I've been told to lose weight. I've been told I'm too muscular. You know, I've been told certain things about myself that at once were super empowering for me and that I really loved about myself because it helped me perform. And then now it's a negative in modeling. So I think that was kind of a trip for me to try to find my way and navigate my way through modeling and not 
not take everything to heart. Right. And those are really great pieces of advice. Cause like you mentioned, it's two polar opposites of going from an athlete to a model. At what point did you realize that you really needed to start focusing on your mental health journey? In college, I probably hit my lowest point. I think that was like the first time I, well, not the first time, because I've, I've always struggled with my mental health, but it was the, it was the first time I really was scared for myself. And I was just like, if I keep allowing myself to go down this, this hole and like keep downward spiraling, like, I don't know if I'm going to be here much longer. And also I was seeing how I was pushing everyone out. So I'm just like, okay, like I need to find the proper tools to take care of myself. And I got better, but I was still relying on medication, which for me, wasn't a good thing. Like medication is great for some people and for others, it doesn't work. And I wasn't one of the people that was responding well to it. I just felt like I was just kind of like living my, I was just being a part of my life, but I wasn't fully living it. I was there experiencing everything, but I wasn't fully there. So I think like when I got into modeling and all this other stuff was being thrown my way, I'm like, what other things can I start doing to take care of myself besides like therapy was obviously great. And the medication I was trying to get off of. And I started, you know, trying to find these mental health, daily mental health practices I could do to like better myself, which were like writing in a journal and, you know, meditating and, you know, just doing like daily affirmations and just things like that, that I have implemented into my day-to-day routine had tremendously impacted my mental health in like the most positive way. And I think for me, I'm the person that likes to check things off of a list. So I also had to tell myself, it's okay if I can't get to this every single day, but as long as I'm like, just at least getting something in, like that's better than nothing. Yeah. And I actually saw your, your post the other day of like, if you have a low energy day, like it's okay to do these things. And then if you have a mid to high energy day, like that really resonated with me because there are days where, for example, like my podcast, like with editing, like it takes a lot of time and I'm like, I have to do it during this day, but that day I have very low energy and then I kind of spiral and, you know, get into that headspace. So that's super important when it comes to overcoming those hard times. And you did mention, you know, resources that really helped you I think with mental health, it's really easy to kind of get down a road of relying on somebody else for your happiness. At what point did you realize, like, I need to better myself and the only person that's going to do that is myself? And what was that light for you kind of like at the end of the tunnel? That's hard because I feel like I've hit that point multiple times, like where I've, I've had to have that reminder with like that check in with myself of am I am I putting my happiness too much on my partner or, you know, like mm-hmm. my mom or like my friendships. I think one of the biggest check ins I had to have with myself was probably my first year out of college when I moved to Minnesota full time because that's where Eric plays still to this day. And I was just kind of being a part of his life and like when he wasn't around or like fully there all the time, I was by myself a lot. So I think I got really depressed because I was, I was relying too much on him and like being too much part of his life rather than having my own thing going on. And it really forced me to just like, he goes, you're not happy and you need to like do something for yourself. That's going to make you happy and not 
just be here for me or like, you know, or have me being the one constantly cheering you up type of thing. Mm -hmm. And that was a really big wake up call. And that's when I, we started kind of doing distance again, because I go, I need to find my life, like my happiness, my purpose, and I need to start doing things for me. And that was a really big point in my life where I needed to not rely on my partner so heavily because our relationship wouldn't have worked out if I didn't have something for myself to make me happy. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like a blessing in disguise, like Mm -hmm. that type of conversation, because it's hard to hear, but it's absolutely needed. For sure. You mentioned, you know, mediums that and resources that you really found helpful. Would you say that, you know, your mental health journey is recommended to be you know, baby steps and just one step at a time of therapy and then maybe journaling? Or did you ever feel like having too many things at once caused more anxiety of, okay, I have to see a therapist. I have to journal every single day and I have to do this. I feel like that's very common. And I found that in myself too, where I'm like, okay, I have to journal every single day. And then when I don't, I'm like, oh, I get down on myself. Yeah, I think, I mean, it it depends because there's times where, you know, I've really needed to see a therapist because like, I'm not in a good place and I, and I need that. And I know I need that or else things are not going to go well for myself. So I I have to acknowledge those times that, you know, I kind of need to throw all those things at me and, and do more because I've learned that sometimes when I get really depressed, I tend to do nothing rather than just doing some type of activity. And sometimes it's not a bad thing to keep yourself busy when you're really depressed, at least for me. And I think I've been learning to just be easier on myself with that because sometimes it's not realistic for me to write for 10 minutes in my journal or, you know, manifest or go and meditate for 10 minutes to an hour. Like sometimes I just don't get to that. And then I get even more down on myself when those are things that are supposed to be pick me ups for me. And I've started trying to just be like, okay, well, I'm on a walk right now, or I'm going to drive in my car. So maybe this is my time where I can journal out loud to myself, like, cause I just didn't have time to write. So I, I feel mm-hmm. like I've just been trying to tell myself that it doesn't matter in what way I try to get what I need out there for myself. Like as far as like the affirmations go, it doesn't have to be in my journal, even though I feel like I need to do that. I can just say it out loud, but sometimes you just don't, sometimes you just don't feel the energy to do any of it. And that's okay too. Like there's nothing wrong with taking a break. And I think sometimes we go on our social media and we see, influencers and people and they're writing out their perfect routines and they're t- they're showing it to us in their perfect aesthetics and I'm like and you get down on yourself because you're like oh shit I didn't have time for that today or, yeah I didn't drink my lemon water and I didn't do this and sometimes I just need to get off social media in general because that that sometimes is the tipping point for me where I realize the comparison and all that is what's really making me super insecure about what I've gotten to and what I haven't gotten to. Mm -hmm. It's funny that you say that because, you know, I have, you know, had those moments where I look at people's Instagrams and I'm like, wow, they have a really great life. And then, you know, I actually came across your Instagram and that's ultimately why I really wanted to talk to you is because you have that highlight reel of like what your Instagram looks like and then what that actual moment behind that photo was like which I super appreciate because it's so easy like you mentioned for people to get into that down you know road spiral of 
thinking you're not good enough or thinking that you need this or thinking that you need to do specific things. And I think the mental health journey is not a one size fits all. Yeah. Yeah. Like you mentioned, you know, you can journal like out loud, you can journal on paper. So I mean, with that in mind, what does your day to day look like? And what other maybe it's other influencers that are, you know, mental health advocates or podcasts that you love? Like, what do you love to do on a day to day? What I've been trying to do on a day to day, because, you know, every day is different. And like we said, like, everyone's mental health journey is different. And like, you know, some days you have more energy for things than others. So like, I would say on a day where I have more energy, because I want to put that out there, because you know, we don't always have energy for these things. I tend Mm -hmm. to like to wake up and I like to, you know, make myself some sort of breakfast if I can get to it. And then I will like, write in my journal, I like to do at least 10 affirmations or, you know, and or an I am this, or I like to write 10 things I'm grateful for. I tend to do one or the other. If I'm really feeling it, sometimes I do both, but you know, we don't always have the time for that. And I actually recently bought this card deck, which is an affirmation card deck. So sometimes when I don't have time for any of that, I just pull a card and it gives me a word of the day. And that's like all I need. And I just read the word and the definition and it's amazing. So highly recommend that for anyone who maybe isn't like the biggest journaler or anything. <laughs> and yeah, I like to work out in the morning sometimes. And then I'll go to work usually. I'll shoot all day. And then if I'm not working, we got an infrared sauna recently. So that's been kind of like my safe place that I like to go and I'll watch a show or I'll meditate. I'm I'm the person that when I when I am struggling and I am kind of going through a depressive episode, I tend to be a binger of TV, like shows that I've already watched because it's just something that's really comfortable for me, which is funny because like that post that you were talking about on Instagram when it said that you have low energy levels, that was like one of the things is just watch a show that is just like a comfort zone, like a safe space for you. So I am the person that will rewatch certain shows over and over again. But yeah. yeah, I feel like that's kind of like things that I like to do to just like make me feel better and I I like to write to-do lists, even if I don't get to them, it just makes me feel good to like write stuff out or write stuff out I've already done. And then I just cross it out right away. Sometimes you just need to put in those easy ones that just make you feel good. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I do that too. Yeah. I mean, it definitely like, it's whatever works for you because I think that's the most important thing to like drill down. If anybody's going to take something home, it's that mental health is not a one size fits all journey. You know, I obviously want to talk about Sports Illustrated because I'm so excited for you. And, you know, I was following along your journey and honestly, you're just so inspiring and everything that you're doing. And, you know, with Sports Illustrated, you know, I'm a big fan and I'm a big fan of what they stand for. But what ultimately drew you to the brand? Um, I would say it was back probably back in high school, honestly, when I played sports and I just like looked up to a lot of the athletes that were in the magazine. And it was just so cool because I think oftentimes, especially as like a female athlete, like you don't always feel like your muscles are sexy and feminine. Like sometimes I, I don't know where this happened, but it's some, some time or the other, apparently being strong is more considered more masculine, which I just think is ridiculous. I think being toned is beautiful. 
And it was one of the first times when I opened up the magazine and I saw athletes like Alex Morgan and, you know, just seeing them in bathing suits and just looking so beautiful and sexy and rocking their muscle and, you know, just rocking what they've worked so hard for and, you know, what makes them successful in their sports. So that drew me to the brand right away. And then I, I feel like I didn't fully grasp their impact and like their message and everything that they were about until probably right out of college, like a few years ago when I just, I kind of started diving more into the brand and just hearing what the model's messages were and, you know, what charities and organizations that they worked with and, you know, even their backgrounds and where they grew up and the impact that's had on their lives and why they're so passionate about what they're passionate about now. And that's not really common in the industry. I don't think that there's a lot of brands that really want to make it more about the person rather than the model and just like the, how beautiful they are because yes, everyone who's in the brand is beautiful and they take stunning images. But I think what really stuck out to me was the stories that came with those images and what those people wanted to do and what kind of impact they wanted to make. And that drew me to the brand and made me fall in love with sports illustrated. And when I met everybody seeing a bunch of women, like powerful, badass women being the ones that are behind the scenes of this brand was so cool to see because oftentimes it's always men in the room. Like, you know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. there's always men on set. And it was really cool to just be in a room filled with a bunch of women for once. Cause I just don't think that that's as common and they're all amazing and they all have their own stories. And at the end of the day, they are just people like you don't really get to see that through social media. So it was really cool to have that personal, like one-to-one with them and really get to know the people that are behind the brand. And it just made me fall in love with the, the brand even more because everyone seriously is so incredible. Yeah. And I think too, with Sports Illustrated is that, like you mentioned, they're very much about inclusivity and making your story known. So with that, you know, what does inclusivity mean to you personally? I actually had to answer this the other day with the brand because they, you know, they, they wanted us to like, what, what does it mean to us to like be inclusive and, you know, and what does representation mean to us? And ultimately I really thought it meant besides obviously having diversity and like, you know, bringing people in from different backgrounds and, you know, upbringings and ethnicities. I also, the word relatable kind of came to mind because I don't think people understand the impact it has on someone when you watch a TV show or when you open a magazine and you see someone and you're like, wait, they look like me, or they came from the same town as me, or They had the same upbringing as me or same kind of story. That relatability is so powerful. And I really do think that they do such a good job of bringing that in and being inclusive in the way where every woman in the magazine, there's somebody that could be like, man, like that's me. Or, you know, I feel seen, I feel heard, I feel understood, I feel valued. Like, you know, and I think that's what being inclusive is all about. Mm-hmm. I mean, amen. Like, just preach. Um, <laughs> I mean, in terms of your experience, because I'm really curious about, you know, how everything kind of went for you. Obviously, you shared it on your Instagram, but I'd love to know the behind the scenes, like you mentioned, being surrounded with amazing women 
that's obviously, you know, the big part of shooting for Sports Illustrated. But what was your experience like? And can you take us through all of the highs that I'm sure you experienced throughout your um, your days of shooting? It was an incredible week. And I was actually talking to one of the girls that was there shooting with me. And we were saying that we're still recovering from it because it was just such a high, high and probably one of the most incredible weeks of my life. But I guess I'll just start with the part of the hustle that comes with that week because I don't think people understand the hours. Yes. The days, (laughs) like it's long days. Like I was waking up at 4 a.m., every single day. Like I probably was running off of like no sleep for a couple of days, just between jet lag and early call times and the excitement of not being able to go to sleep. But we had like long film days and, you know, there was video, there was photo, there were events because, you know, Sports Illustrated works with so many different brands. So it's like a lot of collaborations and it kind of gave you this little taste to like what it's going to be like to be a part of a brand like that. And it was like a whirlwind of emotions. Like I felt overwhelmed. I felt anxious. I felt happy. Like I, you know, there were times where I had a breakdown and I cried because I was so tired and, you know, I, I was overwhelmed and, Also, I'm someone that openly deals with my mental health. And I was explaining to even some of the team members and the girls, like I was not doing well mentally before I got there. I think people think that sometimes you like, just because good things are happening in your life that you're in a good mental space, but that's not always the case. Like you, you always have to take care of your mental health, no matter what, it doesn't matter if you're going through some of the best times in your life or the worst, like it's for me, it's always there. And I always have to have those check-ins with myself. So I was also trying to take care of that in like this wild and crazy week, but my day of shooting, it was, it was incredible. We got up at 4am hair and makeup. We went to the beach, we were in Atlantic city. So it was definitely on the colder side. So you're trying to, I'm trying to push through jet lag, but also tell myself I'm warm and, you know, I'm on a set with a bunch of people and, you know, the editor of Sports Illustrated, MJ, like it trying to like make sure I impress her and everyone. It was, you know, it was really cool. But what I realized was that I was once again, putting all this pressure on myself. But then when I got there and I was just fully present and experiencing like everybody and everything, I realized how supportive everyone is and how uplifting everyone is. And it's really not an environment where like people are intimidating at all. It's so warm and welcoming, which was really refreshing because, you know, not every set is like that. Not every set has people cheering you on and trying to pump you up. I mean, we had models like Golden Barbie Mm -hmm. there and, you know, she is like one of the most beautiful Jasmine is her name. One of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. But her, just like her spirit and her energy is even more beautiful. The fact that she took time out of her day to come and be a mentor and try to like pump us up and give us advice. I was the first to go. So she came and she gave me some advice and I was like, man, okay. She just gave me some advice. Like, I'm going to take this with me for the rest of the day. I've got this. I'm feeling good. And then I just hear her cheering me on while I'm shooting. It was, it was a really cool experience. And I'm excited for everyone to see the behind the scenes of everything because everything was filmed. So I'm excited for everyone to see everything because it, 
I'm excited to relive it. I almost blacked out from all the excitement of it, to be completely honest. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can only imagine. And that's so nice to know that the set itself was so encouraging because, I mean, obviously, I don't know, I'm not a model, but, you know, you can only imagine like other jobs that are more serious and just definitely the polar opposite of that. Yeah. You we're obviously surrounded by amazing women and you've been surrounded by amazing women, but you know, I'd love to know what inspires you. Well, my mom has been a big inspiration to me my entire life. I've never met a more strong, independent, like beautiful, compassionate woman. And I think I've, I've been really fortunate to have such a strong role model to look up to my entire life. And I think my support system inspires me. It's really cool to be surrounded by people who are so driven and, you know, have such an incredible work ethic in such different fields. Like I don't, like I am still really close with a lot of my friends from high school and from college. And I have some friends in the modeling industry, but like people who all have very different backgrounds and, you know, are also driven and it's, it's cool to see people like going after their dreams and that just pushes me and makes me want to keep like striving for, for more. And, you know, seeing people like my fiance who have gone through so many challenges growing up because of their upbringing and like what's been thrown at them and to be in the place that they're at now and have such a positive outlook on life. And even though it could have been so easy to just be pessimistic about everything and, you know, play victim. And he's never done that. And that is so inspiring for me because I'm like, I can get through anything if he's gotten through what he's gone through. So I just, I think it's the people I surround myself with. Honestly, they all inspire me and I feed off of their energy and their work ethic and all of that. It's so important to be surrounded by that, that type of people because it really just goes to show yeah, like you mentioned, different upbringings, and it really gives you a view into what other people have experienced and how they've been, you know, really coming out of the other side. Before we end things off, I'd love to just know like the best piece of advice that you've taken with you and continue to take with you in your career. I I mean, I think one of the the best pieces of advice and just in life in general that I've been given is that people tell you who they are, you just have to listen. And sometimes I don't often think that we're as present as we should be with our encounters with people. And I, and like we just talked about, I think it's so important of who you surround yourself with and the energy that you are surrounding yourself with, I think is really important. And also something that I've been just like a motto I've been saying to myself that I read from the secret is decide what you want, believe you can have it, believe you deserve it and believe it can happen for you. And I just think that that's like such a cool, powerful saying, because I don't often think that like we want things, but I don't think we say them with a lot of intention. And I also don't think that we feel we're deserving of them. And I truly believe that you're deserving of like whatever you truly believe you're deserving of. And just like having that belief in that in yourself and giving yourself that self-love because I think you can go after whatever you want in life if you just, if you truly want it. So, and have that belief with yourself. Yeah, that's awesome. And I've been wanting to read that book. So that's good to know. It's an incredible book. (laughs) I like, 
for anyone, whether you're in a good place in your life, you're in a place where you just want to grow more or, you know, you're struggling. It's just a great book. It's an easy read. And it has just, it has so many pieces of advice in it and life lessons. And it was an incredible book for me. And it helped me a lot, especially during quarantine, you know, when you have all the free time in the world and it's so easy to just get caught in your head and your thoughts. I tried to read more books like that to kind of push through that. Cause I, I know this last year has kind of been tough for all of us. And I don't think we've ever had so much time to sit with ourselves. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm definitely putting that on my list and, you know, I really wanted to just thank you for sharing your experiences, you know, especially with mental health, because it's something that I you know, really want to focus on and make sure that, you know, is an open topic and an open conversation. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Of course. And I appreciate you having me and I appreciate you raising that awareness about mental health and like having that conversation because I often just think it's something that, you know, people tend to avoid or, you know, there's so much stigma behind it, but I think that there's so much power in talking about vulnerability and like you know there it's not a weakness it's strength and I appreciate people like you raising having those conversations so thank you so much for having me